So Noel, welcome back to another Fearless in Devotion podcast. We are treating you this week, not too long after the last one dropped. We've brought you another one. There's so much going on at the club at the moment, especially with the documentary. So today we are going to bring you two, in inverted commas, surprise breakout stars from that documentary from the first two. Ryan and Rob. Oh, no, no. Okay. No, Andrew. It is not Ryan or Rob. Or indeed, Humphrey, it is none less than Spencer Harris and King of the Turf himself, Mr. Wayne Jones. Gentlemen, delighted to have you on. Good evening. Evening. Not sure you can um, describe me as a star, but maybe Wayne. Oh, come on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You've got your own IMDb credits now. You've been, your agent's been charging us for this podcast, you know. <laughs> We're here to talk about probably the biggest thing to hit the town in the last couple of decades, the Welcome to Wrexham documentary, which has been filmed over a couple of years, but finally, finally hit hit the screens this week. So should we sort of go around first and just sort of say how we sort of found it? Spencer, do you want to go first? Yeah, I, I think you may be underselling it a little bit in terms of, I think this is, don't think there's mm. any, ever been anything in possibly the history of the town that's sort of drawn the attention of a global audience uh, as this documentary have. Uh, as we know, uh, um, Disney Plus has got 221 million uh, subscribers. I'm not suggesting all of them have watched the podcast yet, uh, but it's it's a massive thing for the town. Um, I think it was it went really well. It was a it was a it was a lovely start. Uh, where you, um, you know, both Rob and Ryan brought some authenticity uh, to it by revealing a bit about their, uh, about where they came from, um, you know, especially Rob taking us back to uh, his uh, his home was a, um, yeah, was something to see. Um, so I, I thought, you know, it, it started off really nice. It was, and I think the uh, the opening credits were really sort of hit a hit a note. Certainly did for me. I mean, me and Tim watched it um, on Tuesday. We got an advanced copy, and we watched the first two in a row. And you know what, Tim? We said this in the first pod, didn't we? But when the credits came on in the second one, it really got to me. It was like a real lump in the throat. It was quite emotional, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, I suppose it's it, it was always going to be that way, but I, I didn't really. I didn't really factor into how much uh, emotion it was going to drain out of me. And I mean that in the best possible way, you know, it, it hit all the right, all the right notes. Um, and as people have already noticed, it, it is very much the onus is on the town, is on the people, is on the football club. And then part, almost aside to that, are the owners. They've, they've definitely centralised everything around the characters, I say characters, the people and the town and the club and sort of the, the, they've just become almost like a bit part thing. It's, it's a very weird thing to, to sort of describe, but it's just very beautifully presented. They've done it. They've done it in, in the right manner. They've gone about it in the right way. And they, they've just kind of respected 
the area, the people, and what we stand for, really. And it already comes across in the first two, doesn't it, straight off the bat? And it's just, I watched it again last night, and same, same emotions, same emotions. I knew what was coming, but it was still the same. And I imagine, you know, that, that's what a lot of people are getting from it. But, yeah, incredible stuff so far. Yeah, I was talking to Spencer before we went live, and I sort of think that Ryan and Rob are almost like the presenters of it. They sort of come in and they sort of frame it, and then we sort of come off to Wrexham and sort of explore different different sort of people. And one of the people um, who we explore is um, Turf Landlord Wayne Jones, who has been described by the Daily Mail as the breakout star of the documentary. <laughs> I'm not so sure about that. I've just read that article actually about 20 minutes ago. Um, oh, got, uh, oh, you're going to say about 20 times. No, have you, yeah, broke, have, uh, you, have you broken out, Wayne? And where have you broken out from? Yeah, I've just broken out from the turf um, <laughs> via the chippy and home. So, um, yeah, I haven't broke far. <laughs> but I did I did read that article. It was a nice article. Um, um, but no, I break out stars, pushing it a bit, I think. Is it is it weird? I mean, we'll come to Spence in a minute. I imagine, I mean, unless Spencer correct me if I'm wrong we're probably a little bit more used to to the media glare because as, it, as he stated in the documentary it was a bit more of the, of the of the face of the club in terms of dealing with the, yeah. with, the with the comms and the media side of things for yourself I know that, that there was always a bit there especially in and around the takeover you had the camera crews because you know the turf is such a big part of the club with it being right next to it as well so you, you always had that that little bit of interest from camera crews and so on and so forth so What's it been like? I mean, I know you, you tweeted out and you? you said, oh, I don't know whether to sort of go and hide for a bit now. I'm not really sure what to expect. So now it's now it's it's happened. It's out there. Um, what's been your take on A, the reaction to you in it and B, your general thoughts on, on, on the documentary itself? Uh, well, my I've calmed down a bit the last day or so uh, I was really anxious um, and I mean very anxious I went on holiday about a month ago with my family um, I remember having a conversation with my, my dad and my uncles over a couple of beers saying I if I could turn the clock back I probably wouldn't have gone through with it because you, you tend to I tend to forget you know it's two and a half years of filming and I you know I, I said some things that maybe I possibly shouldn't have done or couldn't quite remember a lot of the time what was said um, and things like that so I was really really anxious but um Obviously, it, what was done was done, and you know we've we've filmed everything now, so and it's come out. But the reaction, um, <clears throat> to be fair, has been very, very good, very positive. Um, listen, I am what I am. I'm not going to change. I, I speak my mind. Uh, sometimes that gets me into a little bit of trouble. Um, but uh, no, I think the reaction's been very positive. I've had some lovely feedback of some people. Um, there's probably people sitting at home that haven't said some things that probably want to say he's talking through his ass or whatnot, but. Um, no, very positive overall. Um, I like I said before we come on air, right? I thought the documentary was very well put together. I think they got the balance right. Um, and uh, yeah, I think it's left uh, an American audience, especially wanting more, which is ultimately what they're what they're trying to get out of it. I guess trying to you know get viewing figures up and things like that. So um, yeah, um, no, I'm not I'm not hugely comfortable with a camera pointing at me and. Even doing Zoom meetings like this is, um, you know, a little bit daunting for me. So, um, so yeah, I mean, it's it's all sort of new. We're getting a little bit more used to the to the film crew sort of being there now, just because they're there constantly and, and things like that. So, uh, you've become a little bit more accustomed to that. But um, 
but no, uh, overall, it's been an enjoyable experience. Um, and like I say, I, I probably wouldn't change it now. But a couple of weeks ago, if you'd have asked me, could you could you put a stop to it? I certainly would have done because I was very anxious a couple of weeks back. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll bring Spencer in on, onto that point in a second. I just want to just touch on what you've just said about you maybe may have said things at the time. I don't. I mean, I'm, I'm guessing you don't have any regrets because obviously, I think. You you just sum up what what it's like to be your average football fan, aren't you? Passionate, passionate about it. We're all delighted when we win. We're all massively frustrated when we lose, especially in the mag- magnitude of the games that have been shown so far. You know, with the Dagenham game and so on and so forth. I mean, from that from that those initial episodes, is there anything you look back and go, no, I stand by it because it was said at the time with with good grace and with you know with, with a sense of frustration, but ultimately. We were in a place then when maybe it wasn't necessarily happening, or, or so. Well, yeah. Um, well, the thing is, you know, um, let's let's take the the Rutherford quip for example. You know, I, I, that was made probably twelve hours after we just drawn at Dagenham, still frustrated, still angry that you know we didn't really put in a performance I thought warranted enough to get us into the playoffs. Although I don't think, if I'm being truthful, and I think a lot of people will agree, I don't think as, over the course of the season we were good enough anyway. Mm. Um, so I, I made that remark. And then when we seen the documentary last night and I seen just how truly heartbroken he was as a, as a human being for making, well, it wasn't a mistake. He went for the ball and it was just, it was one of them things in football. So, you know, I seen that and then I instantly regretted saying it because I just thought, you know, like, there's more to it than you realise. You know, he's a, He's not just a footballer; he's a human being, and and he will watch this documentary, obviously, and he won't want, you know, he won't find it nice. People like myself who have never really kicked the football before in their life, saying, you know, he's shit and all the rest of it. Because one thing he did do, and I'm, you know, I'll always maintain that um, I'll never change, and I'll always say what I think at the time is right. But when I look back, I think, um, you know, I probably could have worded it a little bit better and sort of said, you know something else I don't know but you know at the end of the day I'm a, I'm a, I was a frustrated football fan when asked the question and um, and yeah slightly regret it I guess but it, it, like I say it's out there now and it is what it is um, like I say it wasn't a it wasn't a personal attack on him it was just well it was I guess but it, I just thought of, you know I was annoyed because he'd been sent off and I was annoyed because we didn't do enough to get over the line um, and then the way the piece the, doc, the piece of documentary together um it just it made it look like you know quite bad, but you know I'm, I'm sure I'm sure he's been called um, other things yeah. and worse things. Yeah. But and we can we can blame Doogie because he fielded the question anyway, didn't he? So we can just blame. Well, him. I blame I blame Doogie for a lot of things, as do a lot of people. I think so. Um, <laughs> with justification, so um, yeah, let's blame Doogie. <laughs> exactly, Spencer. Um, obviously. Um, your your introduction to it and and obviously one of the key the key scenes centers around the breaking of the news of of the um of the outcome of the of, of the vote ultimately on the on the different resolutions um i mean I, I, is it safe to assume that 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 first take was was that was it that was it because when we watched it even though it probably wasn't a surprise to most of us they both Rob and Ryan seem truly so overcome with the, with the reaction to what you were telling them. There was only one take of uh, you know we did a it wasn't scripted yeah. it wasn't a um, uh, 
you know, this is uh, this is what we're going to do. We have an introductory pre-meeting and then we did. It, it was just off off the bat. And I should say, actually, that um, that, uh, you know, the the trust the trust chairman brian at the time i'd i'd asked him if he wanted to uh, be the one to do that or, or at least be on the call and and he declined and, and asked me to do it so i think i should make that clear for people uh, but yeah it was it was just uh, straight after actually there's as uh, as Wayne will know, Wayne, Wayne will have done a lot of filming over the last couple of years, hours and hours and hours of it, I'm sure, and and it all gets broken down in, and they use a very little bit. There was, you know, I, I spent some time, you know, after that actually the, uh, you know, giving them the result, actually giving them a, a, a view of what I thought the people of Wrexham would expect from them, and of course that that wasn't shown, which is is not a problem at all, uh, but that's. Um, you know, I, I spent a good couple of minutes uh, saying what a responsibility it was. So, yeah, it was quite quite interesting. Then you signed you signed off. I'll bring Andy in now. You signed off that um, that that little conversation with let the fun commence. Would you would you would you, is it safe to say that it has commenced? Um, now. Yeah. Are you are you enjoying the ride like the rest of us are? Yeah, absolutely. Um, if you look at my role in this documentary, I'm I'm not a central character like a Wayne, or I'm sure others who will emerge. I, I'm there to sort of set the scene and and um, and say where the club came from, and to pass on the baton to uh, to to the new ownership uh, and let them go off and and hopefully make a real success of the club. So. Uh, you know that that's my uh, role in it, which is wholly appropriate. Um, and yeah, it was uh, yeah, it, it great thing to be involved in, and and you know, quite a privilege actually to have been you know one of a, a few people, but quite a central figure in in making this happen for the town. Yeah, massive. But uh, let's not gloss over the fact you also told the world where not only Wrexham is, but where Wales is. That's well, a key part. Well, do you know? Yeah. I, I think a. a a key part for me, and it's something that from from day one of talking to Rob and Ryan, stressed about the you know that this is this is a different club, um, and and the Welshness of the club, and and you know I speak a little bit of Welsh on the on the documentary, um, they've uh, spoke Welsh and, and and respected the language all the way through, and they took that into the into the documentary as well. Where you know that they they would break down some of the different ways that people say things between how they might say it in in the US, how they might say it in England, and then you know how we would say it in in Welsh speaking Wales. Yeah, got a bit of a surprise because obviously this documentary isn't for your rank and file British football fan; it's for America. So we've got two American. American viewers here. Now, I don't think they know much about football, but I've asked these guys to to watch the documentary and just sort of give us their sort of their sort of thoughts on it. And do they have any questions? We've got Tommy. And who, who's with you, Tommy? Uh, this is Justin. This is Justin. Hi, Justin. How are you, mate? I'm good. I'm good. Pleasure to be on. Cheers. Yeah, now, thanks very much for joining us. So first off, do you know anything about football or soccer, as you would call it? Uh, yeah, I mean, my experience with soccer is like, you know, playing a little bit just for fun, but never uh, on any like official teams, even though I played a lot of sports and then, you know, occasional crackouts on FIFA. 
Um, right. And, you know, World Cup is about the extent of my my football watching. Justin, I would say, is a little more. Yeah, so I played uh, at school and club uh, soccer through uh, up until high school. Uh, and, and most of my friends growing up played. So I, I stayed around the game quite a bit uh, when I was young. Uh, and then uh, after I left high school, uh, the girl that I was dating at the time played soccer and uh, got me really into the U.S. women's team here. So I became a pretty diehard U.S. women's soccer fan uh, and, and continue to follow that game. So, uh, yeah, still around the sport, but don't play it much anymore. So what was the sort of, was there much of a buzz around this program in America before before it uh, premiered? You you told me about it. Yeah, I, I had, so oddly, I think the way I had heard about it was like randomly in my feed, I started to see random like Ryan Reynolds uh, comments about his relationship with Blake Lively and like, we're all, we're still going through uh the, some issues about me buying spending three million dollars on a on a football team or like some stuff like that and then i kind of through that had seen a preview or something like that and then when you randomly hit me up i put all the <laughs> together like right then had seen like an ad on hulu or something it was like oh shit this is like all of the things this is what the show is this is all them together right yeah yeah right guys come on then what were you, what were your thoughts have you seen the first two episodes saw the first two episodes we watched them last night yeah yeah. Um, yeah i mean i think it was awesome loved it yeah yeah um, yeah and yeah i think we had a lot of like we had a lot of questions both of like what what's it, not the only the like people in Wrexham, like how did how did they view this whole thing but like what's the overall british sentiment towards just like americans coming in and like buying a football team and trying to save save it because it was the show is awesome. Like I'm, I feel like I'm in it for sure. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah, and I think there. I mean, we we both watched Ted Lasso, and there seemed to be you know some obvious parallels to this idea of an American going overseas and and trying to, uh, I guess like you know, mix things up or inject their uh, philosophies into a, a British football club. So. Um, but I think very clearly, you know, once the documentary starts, it's and for one, it's not fictitious, but two, you know, there's some, um, uh, yeah, sort of clear uh, differences with like that story, and and obviously it's like real people's lives that are you know being affected by all this. Justin definitely had to stop me after we watched it last night. I was like on the internet, and I was like, I want to see what the current stats and standings are. <laughs> since right. that's like don't do it don't don't do it and i was like all right I'm not. No, we, we, we no really don't do it um <laughs> there's i i don't want to spoil it but there's no happy ending this season uh there might not be one next season but 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 we're hoping we're hoping did you guys yeah. have any questions did anything sort of pop out to you and go oh i wish i knew a bit more about that or or i didn't really get that uh nothing that i don't think i didn't, I mean, there's probably a ton of shit I didn't get, but I, I'm really curious going forward about how much turnover there is and how, how people reacted to that. And, you know, I kept wanting to, I, I was like really pissed that Rob wasn't at that final game, even though like, you know, I'm sure he was doing a million things. He's like a movie star basically. Um, but like part of me was like, why is he not at the game? And then, and then, you know, totally understandable, I'm sure. But 
Um, and there's also, yeah, I think, I think it's half movie star business and half COVID. I don't yeah, think yeah. he can actually get, get, is get that, across. So is the first season in 2020 of the, the, those first games, like that tiebreaker game, or was that 2021? So I think it goes season to season, which starts 2020 and then goes through to 2021. Okay. Um, so, yeah, the Dagenham game would have been around about May 2021. So we were still in the sort of grips of a, of a pandemic. So that's the game that ended in a tie. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Cool. And, and do you think it sort of framed it well for an American audience? You sort of got all the references and was it good, the glossary they did? And have you picked up any Welsh? <laughs> haven't, haven't picked up any Welsh, even though you, not from Rich either. So, um, um, but yeah, no, I thought it was framed. It was great. I, I don't, I can't imagine them doing a much better job. Um, yeah. Yeah. The glossary you all mentioned earlier, I thought was awesome. Um, cause that's always something that I appreciate about watching something that's not American or not of my culture, whatever that is, is just like picking up on the, the nuances, um, not just the high level yeah. stuff, but yeah, even something like the language is cool because it helps you immerse that much further in the world. So, um, yeah, to, to Tommy's point, um, I thought the, the combination of real footage, um, you got to, you know, experience the players quite a bit, um, seeing Rob and, and Ryan's journey as well. Um, obviously they bring a lot of, uh, humor and, um, of levity to anything that they do uh and to juxtapose that against uh you know some of the pretty low moments for um you know folks that we got to uh, experience during the first two episodes it, it was a nice balance of all of that um one question i've got for spencer um you know where they were they were you doing most of your interviews is that your personal library because it looks huge <laughs> <laughs> not said no that's not my uh, that's not my personal life just just one uh, just one quick um thing actually going back to that Dagenham game because I, I know a lot of people say that wasn't a good result at Dagenham and, and by the way I'm not defending it because I, I I was no longer involved at the club at that point so it was firmly Rob and Ryan's but um Dagenham had won some like nine out of ten games before right. then they were on a tremendous run of form and to go there with ten men get a draw and you know we were unlucky we I, I remember the odds before that game we had a 71% chance in all eventualities of of, of actually uh, the you know of, of actually making the playoffs that day depending on how different results would go and we were just you know are we always unlucky you never know but we were unlucky other results went against us and you know to go there when they'd won nine out of ten games and I went there last season when we got hammered three nil um, you know, that ain't an easy hunting ground for Wrexham and never has been. So it wasn't a bad result. It's just other results went against us. Certainly yeah. with 10 men anyway. Yeah, yeah. Wayne, I know this might be too too sort of early to ask, but have you seen much of an upturn in the, in the turf after this? Any sort of visitors? After the documentary, Andy, do you mean? Well, or... well basically, I, I think... I think... Firstly, since Ryan and Rob visited, I mean, I think after the documentary, it's probably going to take a couple of weeks for re that really to take home, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, listen, um, I said on one of the podcasts last time I spoke to Tim that when we first took the turf over, something like 30% of the match day, uh, sorry, the weekly revenue or uh, annual revenue was was match day 
take. We've managed to turn that round and it's a hell of a lot busier in the week now. So we've got that down to about 8%. So we're a lot more, less reliant on just the football days. But no, we've seen a huge uptake in, in sales since uh, since the lads took over. Um, we've certainly seen an uptake uh, in sales this season because obviously we've invested in like the fan zone area outside and things like that. So we've practically doubled. Um it's almost like having two pubs, and people are very supportive of it, of both. So, so yeah, no, I um, you know, I can't uh, give you an exact figure, but I can certainly say that since they've come in, that obviously, I mean, just the fact that the gates have doubled alone tells you that the footfall is is up by you know a hundred percent at least. So, so yeah, we've seen um, we've seen a big upturn since they've since they've come in, as have um. Uh, quite a few local businesses that I'm aware of um, have seen a big upsurge. So, yeah, long may continue because it's 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 been brilliant, uh, not just for myself but for everybody. How's your uh, how's your selfie game been, Wayne? I believe you've been uh, people have been having a few requests for the bussy van. Can I have a selfie? I've been absolutely ripped to shit for the last two days. Um, <laughs> somebody literally turned up at the bussy van yesterday morning. There was about 15 people in the queue, and he said. I've just come for a selfie. And I said, <laughs> I was joking. And I said, do you want a coffee or a bacon sandwich or something? He's like, no, I, I want a selfie. And I said, I'm too busy. Thinking he was joking. Still thinking he was joking. 20 minutes later, I come out the bussy van to go past the deck in to get some chips or something. And he was still sat there in the car waiting for a selfie. So, um, and then Reese come around the corner laughing. So, um, so yeah, um, no, I'm not. Uh, I, I, somebody, funny enough, I did me banking today and walking across Queen Square, somebody shouts, hey, welcome to Wrexham. Oh, great. So, um, yeah, no, I, I, keep, I, keep with all the, I keep joking with all the customers. They keep saying to me, have you got a pen and papers to sign this? And I said, oh, I'm not signing anything. We're going to do three for a five run key rings and things. I'm just joking with them because that's my way of playing it down. But <laughs> no, um, no, I'm not going to be <laughs> signing any arse. If I have something selfies, get, get, get out of here. This, this is a taste of what it's like to be... Uh, be bootlegger in a weird way, isn't it? It's like it's just like full on. And you, yeah, well, I went to, we're not creating. I'm not saying we're creating a persona, but when when you get a little little bit of sort of personal stardom, and is the only way I can describe it, it's it's slightly odd for somebody like yourself and Spencer, just grounded people, normal everyday working, hardworking people, to have the spotlight thrown on you. And then, like you said, it's nice when people. Because people are seeing it, people are watching it, people are recognising. It must be nice, but is, is it? I mean, I suppose, like, like you've already alluded to, it's it's a little bit. Is it a little bit unsettling for you? Uh, kind of yeah. feel that way. Yeah, I think I think some people think I'm some kind of like loud character. It's really not me at all. I don't. Um, I don't. Uh, I'll shy away from any of that. I don't. You know, that's not my cup. I actually went. Uh, it, was, it was my fortieth on Monday, and I went to the races on Tuesday. And Carl came with us, bootlegger. Uh, and he got bombarded all afternoon and he was brilliant with it. He must have taken 70, 80 selfies with random people that were lovely to him. Um, and then we got back to town. I'd only stayed out for another hour or two. I was home for seven. But even in town, I mean, I know he's from Wrexham, so he's obviously going to get recognised. But yeah, he was, again, he was still brilliant with it, but just just getting bombarded. I, that's not me that I don't... Um, exhausting, isn't it? It's got to be exhausting, that. Absolutely. I mean, when we when we... When we, it was nice to meet Ryan when we first met him. But when he came into the pub that night, I mean, I, I spoke about it before, and the entourage he has with him, and I just thought to myself, I mean, this is another level, obviously, to bootlegger, but just thought to myself, well, that's no life. You just get no privacy. You can even go down the road for a pint of milk or something. I just, no, no, God, no. Um, I, I'm not going to get anything like Carl bootlegger gets. I'm going to get being a publican. I'll get, I would imagine, you know, fun bit of banter, bit of stick, things like that. Um, 
and, and obviously we just laugh it off. Just you know, we don't mind that. You know, <laughs> it is what it is. But um, but no, uh, I would never sit comfortable being, you know, I, all over the place and people, you know, well, not they're going to, but fame is not for me. No. <laughs> can I just ask, can I just ask uh, uh, Tommy and, and Justin a question? Um, they subtitled Wayne. In the, uh, in, yeah, in didn't the... they? I, I, I noticed that late <laughs> on last night. Well, I tell you, told me that, you know, Ruth from ITV News inboxed me and said, why on earth have this of the subtitles here? And I didn't even dawn on me. And I thought, I mean, I speak fast. I understand that. But I thought I didn't, I'm not that bad, surely. Well, well no, it, but this isn't for you to judge, Wayne. This is for Tom and Justin to judge. Do you understand what the f- Wayne is talking about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like 70%. Quite high. <laughs> Not it, not it. Oh, I didn't even notice that until you brought it up. I hit not, yeah, uh, I, I did not notice that at all. Thank you for that. Thank you. <laughs> I think uh, uh, well, one of the sort of reactions in this country is it, it's quite funny that the Welsh are being subtitled. Um, <laughs> so you asked what the UK reaction was. It, it's largely positive unless you're a football fan of a rival club right, and yeah. then you hate it. Absolutely hate it. Yeah. I mean, just because the amount of like publicity Wrexham's getting now. Yeah, yeah, we're we're right up there on the pedestal. Everyone wants to beat us. Everyone wants to knock us down a bit because yeah. we're we're the big boys now. And yeah. it's it's not it's nice it's a nice feeling because we never sure. usually were. I do have a question for you while while we're here. Uh, we were both trying to remember, and I apologize, but was in the documentary. How did Rob? even know like know to consider getting involved in the club i don't know I, he talked a bit about his uh philadelphia eagles you know american football history um and then getting ryan involved because he had the the deadpool money as it were Spencer, but, uh, man for that one yeah, yeah absolutely well um i mean they I was there on day one, I guess, taking the very first call uh, around inve- investment and, and potential uh, uh, potential uh, for somebody rich and famous, Justin, to to want to get involved in Wrexham Football Club, and and it was dealing with an investment bank in New York. And actually, I've been talking to the to the, the banker quite a bit over the last few days. Actually, um, really nice guy. He's bought and sold Liverpool in the past, um, and uh, he uh, he kept saying these are really you know really rich people, really famous people. It's like who the hell are are these uh, these uh, are these people? But it probably took about six weeks actually before we we got to find out um, who was involved. Um, and I I sort of worked out before we knew because I, I went on, on one call with a load of accountants and bankers, and there was a guy called uh, Ryan Reynolds wasn't on that call. But this guy called Rob, and he started talking about his uh, his support of the Philly Eagles and. Uh, and he didn't reveal who he was. He told he said his name was Rob. So I did some uh, internet searching to try and say, who the hell is that? Um, and I actually come up with Rob McElhenney. I wasn't sure it was him, but a few weeks later we found out found it it was. But it's a long winded story. But the reason for me this is this is my uh, this is this is my understanding is they wanted a project. They wanted to take something from maybe that was underperforming 
some a, a club that was really far down the pyramid, but had the headroom for growth to go on a journey and to get success and to see if through their involvement with the local community and investing in the local community and investing in the football club, what difference that they could make. I'm not going to say it's a social experiment because it is, it's definitely not, but but almost, you know, but very, very close to bordering on it. So that's what they wanted to do. And the why, the why Wrexham piece, you know, so they were looking at clubs at our level. So when they contacted us, I, I did a few presentations to them, showing them a, a bit about the um, about the the size and scale of North Wales. And you might not know a lot about it, Justin and Tom, but the Wrexham's in North Wales it is the only professional football club in the whole of, of, of North Wales. So we like to say it can represent half a nation and three quarters of a million people. I mean, that's a small city in the US, but in Wales terms, it's only got three million people. It's a huge catchment area. That means, you know, like Field of Dreams, build it and they will come. It's it's very much that. Uh, and, you know, if they if they do gain success and we can develop the stadium and other things, I can see the crowds growing and growing, and growing. And, and there is that headroom for growth so i think those are all the things they wanted the story they wanted to go on a journey they had the idea about a documentary but it wasn't all about the documentary but it was a big you know it had to happen with a documentary and then um Wrexham being the absolute right fit yeah thank you for clarifying yeah, that's that. awesome that's yeah, really cool so so i saw we, there was that what 98.5 percentage of the previous owners voted yes was the was the one or two no votes people that then went and watched Always Sunny when they found out it was Rob and were like, oh, hell no. I'm not sure. It was a very small percentage of, of people who 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 voted against it. And I'm sure they had, um, you know, they'll, they'd have, you know, legitimate concerns or, or, or reasons for that. But the overwhelming majority of, the, of people could sit, you know, wanted what, what would come with this. Um, and what comes with this is, you know, Tom and Justin from the US on a call with um, with Liam Randall. Uh, <laughs> that's what comes from this. I mean, it, it, you know, it's incredible, isn't it? Um, the reach that these guys have. And I, I hope people like you, Justin, you, Tom, get invested in it because, um, yes, we are a Welsh club. Yes, you know, we play in, in the English system. But we're a family and, you know, we're a very welcoming family as well. And, you know, we'd love to welcome people from the US and all over the world to be part to be part of the family and come on the journey with us and have the fun and the bit of the excitement that, that we'll have. And maybe, you know, who, know, who knows one day, maybe Wrexham will be in the US for you to come watch or maybe you oh, make yeah. a trip over to Wales because there's been people coming over to Wales, um, some people who haven't been here for 40 years, a guy called Moody Martin from Canada, got the most amazing welcome um, when they came, when it come to Wrexham. You know, I know Wayne welcomed him into the turf and uh, and lots of other places, but, you know, really welcoming. There's a brilliant fan base with some great people. Absolutely. <laughs> I was a whole city fan for no reason at all. So I have all the reason now to... Uh... <laughs> To be a to be a Wrexham fan for sure. A whole city fan. How, they, how how does that even transpire? So all my all my friends in college who none of us really watched soccer. We we decided we all loved sports, but all 
love different teams. So we were constantly fighting during basketball season, football season. And none of us watched soccer. And we were like, all right, we need a soccer. We need a team. And so we, at the time, Hull, uh, Hull was in Premier League at the bottom. And we were like, underdog story. And we chose them. And then immediately they got relegated. And it's been a downhill ride ever since. So I've been looking for an excuse to, to change my allegiances. And this, this is like no-brainer, no I think. It's a significant upgrade from a tiger to a dragon. So good choice. Good choice. Spencer will have to excuse me a slightly cheeky question, but is there one yeah. particular scene that you're pleased was uh, left on the cutting room floor? You probably know which one we're talking about. We've asked you about it before. <laughs> I, I've no idea. I've no idea what you're talking about. Uh, <laughs> Liam, listen, my, my role in the documentary, I think I said it earlier is, is very yeah. much a guide not to be a, you know, I don't want to say a, a character because character makes it sound like, you know, you know, somebody who's going to be a, a main part of it. So, and I'm really happy. Yeah, I, I think that's the right thing for the show and, and the right thing that shows actually, you know, I, I think I might appear in another show, some uh, episode further down the line. But, um, but yeah, I think uh, let's leave it to the, uh, <laughs> to, to the real stars now. What's the, what's the sort of reaction been like? Have you had many people reacting to it as yet? Um. It's funny because I've had um, people all around the world. I, I I traveled to Germany for work last last week. I was getting on a plane, and a, a, a guy from the US, uh, who's the head of security for our company globally, uh, based in Michigan, sent uh, sent me a message to say, "Oh, I heard your voice on this trailer." <laughs> and I think, God, the, the amount of people who who sort of uh, who've seen it and and other such things but not so much actually uh, since it's aired um a couple of people have reached out to me and um but but not so much since it's aired to be honest but um but you know i i'm not in it for the fame i, I always wanted to do it because i knew it'd make money for the football club um and that's the the reason but you know hopefully it, it goes from strength to strength and and uh, justin and tom stay with us and, and bring all their friends have you not Googled yourself, Spencer? Because because I've Googled you, and there's an article on there, what happened to Spencer Harris, question mark, which well, includes the lines, he continues to work at Kellogg's company to the best of his abilities, which I like that line. Um, and there's also a more of a profile of you. He's a football enthusiast, a volunteer. He's a renowned executive who seems perfectly content with where he stands today, especially as he's also a proud family man. They are his whole world. Did you write that yourself? Well, do you know what? Um, I, I follow all of you on social media and I, and I follow uh, Liam as well. Uh, and, and I saw Liam put that out, actually. And and I saw that and I, I thought, God, that's like something that, you know, that you see, where was Macaul where's Macaulay Culkin now? <laughs> you know, it, it, it was seven and now it's like, it's like 35 years ago since he did Home Alone. Blimey, heck! I'm getting old, but it, it was like that, and so I opened it up. But I had no—I couldn't believe it when I saw that. I had nothing. I, I can only assume that they'd been on my, uh, you know, whoever's done that, whatever website it is, has been on my LinkedIn and uh, and got a few bits and pieces about my career profile. Spencer, yeah. where is the Wayne Jones? There must be. What happened to Wayne Jones? I've seen one. I've seen one already. Really. <laughs> Yeah, there's a, there's a, yeah, sort of a, where is Wayne Jones from uh, Welcome to Wrexham? Now, I can't remember 
what website it is, but uh, yeah, I like that almost as much as the the boyish Wayne Jones one. Um, I think that was one of the reviews. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's I've got, got, got a line from that. I've got a line from that. The pub landlord's wry humour and passion from his local club has clearly struck a chord with football fans and TV viewers from around the world. Oh, there you go. No comments. <laughs> can't, can't, escape can't, can't escape it. Spence, just uh, just a quick one from, from me. Um, it, was, it was just something I was going to ask anyway, but documentary aside, is it nice to, just to be a regular Wrexham football fan again and not somebody that had to deal with so much of the media stuff and so on and so forth? Is it nice to just go... Is it a little bit of a relief as well, just to sort of be... I think and the first few, from the first few the first few years were, were great, right, for everybody. Um, yeah. you know, we did well. Last few years, you know, we got a few things wrong, that a few things went wrong. And I think people ran out of patience and thought we're never gonna make it out as a fan zone uh, club. Um, you know, we lost a few stalwarts of the board and, and things sort of moved around and it become a lot more difficult to operate. Uh, and I think it was right in the end that you know that the that the club passed uh, passed on, and similarly for, for me, um, you know, nobody likes getting stick, right? Uh, you know, no, you know, you have to be, you have to try and be thick skinned but but you know, none of us really are truly that thick thick skin. But I but I still don't get away from it yet. It doesn't matter what happens. There's always somebody comes out the woodwork and wants to wants to give you a kick in. But you know, that's that. When you get in a public position like that, you know, there's all sorts of, um, you know, you, you end up in all sorts of scrapes. So, but it is, a, I think, being a, I was all, I think just to answer I was always a normal fan. Yeah. Um, I always had, you know, that that's how I started. Um, you know, I'd volunteers. I started Dragon Hat. I did loads of things around the club. I'd always a normal fan. It's just I had a responsibility, and I took that very seriously, and I never hid. Yeah. Yeah, I was just getting at the fact, you know, it's like, whether it's you, whether it's me, whether it's Liam Andy, whether it's Rich from the leader, we're all normal fans, but you, you sort of, you know, there's a mixing of business with pleasure. So I was just getting at the fact of, now you're out of that, it will get back to some sense of normality. Yes, there's always going to be distractors, but it must yeah, be. Hope, hopefully, hopefully over time that that lessens <laughs> and people, you know, just just see the good of where the club is now and uh, yeah. and you know leave me alone so I can just enjoy <laughs> being a, a normal fan and, and jump up and down when we score and 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 buy the merchandise and you know you know uh, yeah and, and just be a normal fan like everybody else. I'm gonna I'm gonna go around everybody now and ask um, just to take it back to the documentary itself. Favorite scene um, out of the first two, Spencer. I'll start with you. Um, is is there anything that because it's so it's I mean it, the first two are so nicely put together and set the scene for for so much. Is there any particular um, scene for you that that stands out? I, I think let let me answer in two ways. So. Um, the first thing I think the the number one scene in the it, across the two uh, two series for me is is Paul Rutherford in in the dressing room. Um, Paul, um, you know, he wouldn't mind me saying I'm sure that he wasn't the most ta talented footballer in the world, but I tell you what, that 
that man made everything of what he did have. And he gave his all in every game and, and he always, you know, he'd run about. And that goes a long thing in football. So I think that was, uh, if, if I think what was the real thing that stole the two episodes, that that was it. Um, for me, from my involvement in it, um, and it wasn't a, a, a scene stealer or anything like that, it, but just talking about what, you know, my experience of it was actually where I was telling the staff about, um, mm. you know, that they, they were moving across because that, that was a really emotional moment for me because I, 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 I've been involved in M&A and you know what happens in M&A, things change. Um, and yes, nothing was changing right then. And that's what I was telling the people. But it, it, it was quite, you know, I felt quite emotional. I feel emotional talking about it now. Great stuff. Wayne, what was there any, any standout moment for you that, that sticks in the mind? Well, the, the opening the opening credits, I think, are, are a touch too aggressive. Paul Rhea, I think, are, are a lovely touch. And, can, you know, local people can resonate with that. Um, so that that was very well put together. Um, I particularly like the the uh, joke when uh, Layton and Dibble were sitting um, talking about the amount of abuse they get and the amount of stick they get, and thought that was hilarious. No, I thought it was all good, if I'm honest. I thought it was um, left on a bit of a cliffhanger for people that don't know. Justin and Tom don't know what's coming next, and don't Google it, guys, because uh, you know it's it's going to be interesting. But no, I thought all of it. Um, all of it was good, but certainly the opening, the opening 30, 40 seconds and a, a real touch to our proud history was a heartwarming yeah, couple right. of seconds, to be honest. Good choice, mate. Good choice. Tom, Justin, your uh, any particular standout moment for you guys? Uh, yeah, I don't remember Rob's um, buddy's name, who was the writer on, on the show. Yeah. He uh, he went into the room with all the players and they, they was explaining his role to the to the team, <laughs> and you just the camera would you know constantly pan across their faces and they looked so just uh, apathetic <laughs> and uninterested and uh, and he you know he, he finally took his leave and you could hear uh, uh, a few uh, laughs and, and snickers in the in the background, but. That, that whole experience just felt uh, kind of fun and awkward uh, for, for the team and for, for him, I'm sure, as well. I think Humphrey Kerr is, is remarkably funny without even knowing he's being funny. I just think he's, uh, uh, I don't know, I, don't, I just think he's a bit of a, he'll be a star of it. I think he's, uh, I don't know, he's just a very quick, sharp, funny. I know he was, a, I think he's a comedian, isn't he, by trade? Or he's certainly worked in that field for a bit. I'm hoping, just, that was, I'm, I'm hoping that was a one take of him arriving outside the players' entrance on his bike. <laughs> yeah, we, we actually filmed the scene on Humphrey Kerr, um, of car, sorry, on his bike, which I cannot ever repeat what was said. Um, I'll tell you 30 years down the line when I've had a few beers. Um, I, but I've, hopefully, hopefully that is the only ever scene that he's... Uh, yeah, that he's on his, <laughs> on his bike. But no, I just think he's a really lovely guy, really well-spoken. Um, and just ridiculously funny without even probably realising he's being funny. We've like him regressed to like a first ever stand-up comedy gig, you know, when they bomb. It's like, oh, yeah. just, just a bale of hay going across the room. Yeah. <laughs> that, that couldn't have been written any better, I don't think, that scene. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, honestly, I think that scene and the Rutherford scene after the game were my two favourites because that was just so real. 
and just like his reaction was you know it was brutal and then the tie and gold i think that like after that happened it was just like okay i'm in there's no way i'm yeah. not watching the show now i found it a little bit bizarre that even though we watched the game i, I found myself still so when it, it slowed down and pearson won the header um I found mm. myself still believing we were going to get back into the game two and a half years. Yeah. I'm thinking, we got a chance, we got a chance. And you see, I think it pans to Rob and he jumps up. And I jumped up last night watching it, thinking we were going to score. And then I was like, what are you doing? It's two and a half years ago. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, no, funny, but yeah, heartbreaking as well to watch it back, I'll be honest. Crazy times. <laughs> oh, are we still going to go through uh, favourite moments? Because I, I want to go with mine. I, I, I like at the beginning where, where Rob went back to his old Philadelphia home, and from seeing that, I, I, it just sort of underlined to me that you know this guy isn't Hollywood royalty. He's not been born with, you know, millions in the bank. This guy is, you know, it's like he, you know, that could be a bedroom from Wrexham, you know, that could be where we all grew up. And this, you know, I think this guy really, really does get the town and you can see that from where he comes from yeah i agree i think for me it wasn't really like a particular scene but it was just how it made me feel about wrexham in general it's like i had to take a, the dog for a walk sound soccer after the uh, episode with rutherford just because it proper hit me in the gut um and i was standing we living up in new broughton and on the edge of our estate you can see the race course and the parish church i don't just made me Gave you a feeling of like sort of hometown pride, I guess, with those scenes of the Grassford Colliery, Brumbo Steelworks and all that sort of thing. So I know people in Wrexham are probably the worst for slagging off their own town, but it does make you realise, you know, we don't live in a bad place. Well, somebody yeah. tweeted me that, you know, the, the the old lady, he said, oh, yeah, somebody asked me about Wrexham and I said, don't bother, it's rubbish. Apparently somebody like, accosted that same lady in the, in the street the day after the documentary. I said, what's all this about you slacking off Wrexham? She didn't have a clue what was going on. She had no idea she's in the documentary or anything. So please don't harass, please don't harass old women in the streets. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. Tim, please what was yours? Uh, oh, yeah, I mean, I mean, the Rutherford is an obvious one, but I mean, we've already gone over this on the on the on the, the pod the other day, but I still thought um for whatever reason, I just thought it was hilarious that that Ryan had this little setup of his laptop and phone and mug and an upturned box for, for, the, for the initial chat with um, with the fans, really, you know, about their... I had to Google what Perina was. I, did, I didn't have a clue. Yeah, yeah. Well, what is it? I what mean, the American guys will know. What, what, what is Perina? Perina? P-U-R-I-N-A, is it? Oh, yeah. yeah, it's a dog, yeah, food, yeah. dog food company. Oh, on cue, my dog, my dog just barked. So yeah, it's, like, it's, like it's not even a good dog food company. It's like pretty below average. Wow, right? that's but not yeah. a holly. That's not a Hollywood money dog food company now. No, no, Ryan no. scrimping on dog food. He's honestly like he should do better. <laughs> <laughs> he must hate his dogs. Hates <laughs> <laughs> his dogs. Um, I, I kind of, I kind of feel that way. We're sort of coming to the end of this, but. Um, one thing I want to kind of ask people is if if it's as successful as we're all hoping it's going to be and 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 say the figures get to to what it's going to be or maybe exceeds what they're expecting Disney FX and so on do you do you anticipate how many how many how many series can this can this go 
I mean, what's your hope and expectation, Spencer? I don't know. Uh, this is my honest answer. Um, I don't know. Um, I think for it to go beyond where it is now, we have to get out of this league. Um, yeah, I, I I don't think we could continue to show a documentary about a, a town trying to get out of the, you know, I, like I said, it's the hardest in world football. And I, I truly believe that. But we can't keep having a documentary about trying to do that. Um, but, you know, if if you're out of this division and, and you're in League One trying to get into the championship, um, I think, you know, and there's a, there's a new cop, you know, going up and all of that other wonderful stuff i think there's a there's there's a continuation of the story there but i don't see a continuation of the story in the national league somehow but gut feel not necessarily that's right wayne do you feel the same way absolutely couldn't couldn't agree more um i agree with spencer i i you know we're not going to be watching this for five years time if we're still finishing seventh in the conference so yeah, absolutely. I couldn't have worded that any better. I mean, listen, if we get promoted this year, and that's obviously what we're desperate for, whatever he's desperate to do, then I know they've just started filming in the last week or so the Series 2. So that will, I would imagine, take up this season, uh, possibly the start of next. I don't know how long they, they run it for. But listen, if we, have a, if we have a dramatic season this season, get promoted, what's to say that a third Series won't be sanctioned and we you know we'll go for that but yeah no I agree with Spencer it's pointless filming a and I'm certain it's not going to happen but it's pointless filming a yeah you know a, a, a fifth division team year after year after year you know people will get fed up of it so yeah um I don't know uh, I think at the moment two will be enough um similar to Sunderland's like that I think it was only two wasn't it so um yeah. maybe they will pick Sunderland up again uh if they make it back to the top and like Spencer said, once the cop's built uh, and hopefully, you know, if at the end of this year they do decide to, to knock it on the head, but we are in four years' time pushing for the championship, what's to say they won't pick it back up again? And uh, Wouldn't we all love that if we were top of league wall or championship? I mean, I don't think we would need the series if that was the case. I think the euphoria alone would keep us, you know, fairly well, you know, fairly happy. So, no, at the moment, I think they'll just go with it too. Um and it'd be, obviously, I think a lot of it will be dictated by how many people tune in you know, over the next four or five months and then obviously into Series 2. Um, but no, I think um, my gut feeling is that they'll, they'll just go with it too. Yeah, it'd be good if it get a trilogy. You know, Godfather, Back to the Future, all the good ones come in trilogies. So, you know. <laughs> Some of them. Yeah, yeah. So, no, no, that's a very good answer. I imagine, I think most of us concur, same sort of thing. Um, Liam, is, is, that a, is that a fair assumption of where we're at in terms of circumstances are going to dictate where this goes, really? Yeah, I think so. It's um, it's a bit like Sunderland till I die, you know, that I think the reason that sort of didn't go beyond is just because they had the repeated frustration. It's like you can only do that so many times. I mean, what I, I'm quite glad that there's sort of some of the themes from someone until I die I've followed through into this because I like the fact that it was about the community it was about um the fans and I do think that's where a lot of the story is like you know you probably find it a bit surreal you know Wayne and Spencer but I think that's what I enjoyed the most even though it's people I already you know know of and you know see you on match days and stuff but it was just great seeing that natural 
fan reaction. So yeah, I, th- I think there's there's plenty of storytelling in it, but there does have to be something on the football side of it as well because it does help to elevate the town. I learned from it that Spencer dresses very very well and Elliot Durrell dresses very very badly. I said no, my... no, what, no, that's not quite right, is it, Tim? It is Bond. I think Bond villain was. <laughs> am I suitably Bond villain? That's a good thing. Everybody likes a good villain. They dress sharply. <laughs> it was a sort of. Uh, <laughs> it was a thinly veiled compliment. Oh, them. thank you very much. <laughs> well, did I look like odd job? Did I? <laughs> no odd job. I, I, I was thinking more of the the more recent one. I can't think who it was, but sharp. You know, sharp tailor, Elliot Durrell. Yeah, yeah fantastic. So not so much. I'm only pulling your leg. <laughs> All good stuff. Um, no, great. This lads has been absolutely fantastic. Um, it's been really, really fascinating. Um, and yeah, I think I think everybody is is really proud of how this has come out. Is proud of everybody's involvement in it. You know, you guys, um, those that have put it together, the director, everybody's in it. Um, doesn't matter what part they played in it. It all, all you've got to get the right, you've got to get the right mix of ingredients for something to be special. And you know, I think was it Rotten Tomatoes is one of the most respected review sites, and that's give it an obscenely high review. Eighty-seven um, percent. Was it? Eighty-seven percent. Is that right? I'm not right. Any of that? Is that was that right? Eighty-seven percent. Yeah. Eighty-seven. Yeah. yeah. And, and oh, just, yeah. just guys, and I, I don't say too much, but the just, I, I think a part of that actually, you've got to give a lot of credit to the production company, and John Henyon, who's yeah. like the exec producer. I mean, he could schmooze anybody, he could make them feel like, you know, I'm sure you were on the end of that times, Wayne, and and I'm sure lots of other people were. And what a great job uh, yeah. they 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 did, and and. Uh, you know, he's he's just a his his wife's just had a, a little girl in yes, in right. Austin in Texas, and and they they're nice, but and the the production crew that was with them as well. Um, and yeah. I think without them, I don't think you would have got the same reaction from the people. Um, yeah. I think they did it really, really nicely. Uh, I, they I, um, I yeah, I, I completely agree. I've I've gotten to know like Milosh and Anna and, Milosh, and yeah. Charlotte Charlotte before Anna. Um, uh, I've made friends for life so even when they go home for two three months at a time so speak to them by text or phone two or three times a week they've, they've been asking because they knew I was a little bit concerned they, they, they were always checking in if there was anything they needed any dialogue that was wanted you know they were, they were I agree I concur with Spencer they, they've been brilliant um, Milos was um, funny story but when Ryan just quickly before we go when Ryan and Rob came to the turf um, we were told to bring around 24 people to the pub, 25 people, friends, family, certain people that would help film. Um, and Ryan was really, really concerned at the time still about COVID. So about 15 or 16 of them were shuffled into the forecourt in the back of the turf. And it was freezing cold and fair play to Milos. He ran into the stadium, got them all stewards cooked because they were divering. They were really cold. Um, and he was mortified. He, he said it was the worst um, he said it was the worst part, uh, point of his career because he just felt really sort of let down that these people have been asked to come and then been shuffled into the freezing cold for about three hours. It wasn't Ryan and Rob's fault. You know, they they were sticking to sort of, you know, protocol and whatnot. But no, Milos really, really cares. Anna really cares. They're a really good yeah. production. Um, and John, yeah, lovely guy. Wish he wouldn't text me at two o'clock in the morning and realise what the time is. 
as I'll be honest. But um, congratulations to him. I don't know if he listens to this, but congratulations to him on the birth of his little, his, his baby boy. So, no, I agree. Lovely, lovely people. Um, and I know Milos was really keen to come back. Anna's really keen to come back. I think she's coming back in January. Um, and hopefully they will because they put together a really good documentary. Tom and Josh, just just a final question, I think, from me. Um, two episodes in, can you wait till next week? I I I, I kind of like the fact they're just dropping two two per week. Um, yeah, me too. We're we're greedy. We like to binge watch. Um, you know, if they dropped the entire thing, I'm sure all of us would have ring fenced an afternoon to 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 smash through it in one go. Are you happy with with the with the way it's been been given to us? Um, you know, from a sort of consumption point of view. Yeah, absolutely. I think where it gets weird is like at some point you become a fan, like at some point, and I don't know if that's now, like I'm obviously hooked on the show and like, I love the, like what we know about the city and I'm really excited about what's going to happen. But at some point, if you become a fan, an actual fan of the team, it's like, I don't want to be a year behind or whatever. It's like at some point, you, I, yeah, I just, and I don't know how that's going to work in my own life yet. Like, this becomes a show I'm like always watching. It's like, I can't just not be following the team at some point because that would be wrong. So, yeah. you know, at some point that, that's going to have to break. But at least for this, first, for this first season, I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to love the drip when I get it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's funny okay. you say that because I, I hadn't even considered that until just now while we were talking, I went and followed the team on Instagram. And now I'm realizing oh, I definitely shouldn't do that until this show <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah we'll have to figure that out uh and speaking of things that you all could figure this out the jersey in a medium is sold out on the website so if you could pass <laughs> some, uh, some jerseys for your american friends uh oh, can we just say can we just say even though it says medium you Sweet. want a large at least <laughs> a large yeah, this is a trick of the trade trick of the trade this medium is actually small small is i don't even know what small is but um, more is like baby or something. But yeah, aim for the large or the extra large. Awesome. I've got some. I got some old retro ones uh, that I can. I can last send some retro ones. Fire some over to you. Uh, they don't have TikTok on them, but yeah, we can send you. I can send you old ones. I've got. Hold on to those. Those are going to be vintage. You know, super yeah. valuable. In, in a yeah, they're twenty years old, and they're probably not medium. Um, well, yeah, anyway, you're going to be a, a world-renowned superstar by season three, if you like it or not. So those things are going to be, you know, you can retire on a couple of those jerseys. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. But yeah, no, I'll happily, happily send you a couple of shirts over. Take the kind offer, of boys, and tell you now. Take the kind <laughs> offer. <laughs> if you uh, don't, I'll be knocking at his door in half and I'll go, about those shirts, mate? Uh, you've probably got three copies of every one anyway. I've seen your collection. Here's this brown envelope showing me the shirts. Um, <laughs> Um, lads, thank you so much, Spencer, Wayne, Josh, Tom, for giving up your time this evening. Enjoy the rest of the documentary. Um, no doubt we'll hopefully speak to you again soon. Maybe at the end of it, when it wraps, we can have a bit of a, a bit of a debrief on how it all went and your, your main takeaways from it and so on. It'd be great to have you on, but yeah, I mean, from me, just, just thank you for, for joining us really. My pleasure. Cool. No, right. no start. Yeah. No start. That's how we say it. That's how we say it. Just Tom, no star. Bye bye. Yeah. Come on. No star. Well done, yeah. lad. Absolutely. Good lad. Ten out of ten. Ten out of ten. No star, guys. Take care. Yeah. Bye, boys.